I'm Derek Thompson, the host of the podcast, Plain English. We tackle technology, politics, culture, history, everything that's happening in the world and why it matters. New episodes of Plain English drop every Tuesday and Friday on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. This episode is brought to you by Pure Leaf Iced Tea. Go beyond reality with new Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea and discover a berry delicious world bursting with unexpected blackberry flavor. A world so full of refreshing blackberry iced tea that you may never want to leave. But there's always time to linger. Try new Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea. Visit amazon.com slash pureleaf and enter 20 Pure Leaf for 20% off your purchase of new Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea. All right, at least I don't do crystal meth in the bathroom all night long. That's my opinion! He will never emotionally fulfill you. Because I don't want to be a part of this. Go to sleep! Go to Close your legs to married men, trash box. I'll tell you how I'm doing. Not well, bitch. Who gonna check me, boo? Welcome back, you guys, to the Morally Corrupt Show, a show here on the Ringer Reality Feed. Okay, let's get right into it. I'm gonna do the run of the show where we're gonna start off like we always do, where we're gonna talk about the Bravo's news of the week. Uh, joining me for that will be Amelia Wedemeyer, and we've got a lot to talk about, so you know that's gonna be good. Every week, every week, we've got some amazing news coming out of the Bravo world. And then, we're, of course, we're gonna get into our recaps, but today we're gonna do something we have not done yet. We have a special guest. My friend Sonia Richards-Ross is going to join us. She is the newbie on The Real Housewives of Atlanta, season 14. And of course, we're gonna ask her all the hard-hitting questions about this season and what's to come. Then we will be recapping Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, episode three. And joining me for that will be Amelia Wedemeyer and Jody Walker. You guys, let's get right into it. Joining me now is Ringer social content producer, Amelia Wedemeyer. Amelia, what's up? Hi, Rachel. How are you? So good. I, look, Amelia, I'm good any day time we are talking Bravo. It's just a happy place. I know. My happy place used to be Carolot, where the Care Bears live. But now <laughs> it's somewhere in this Bravo franchise. I'm like, it's just, I'm just very happy. I love that. Me too. Honestly, I, it's really bad. I started, so I was watching the episode yesterday and then I was like, I need more Real Housewives. And I went back a few seasons uh, to what? Beverly Hills. Yeah. And I ended up staying up really late watching it because I couldn't stop. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it so much. And I love when you, it's great when you find your people who enjoy it just as much as you do. It's the exactly. best thing. Yes. It's this the- is a safe space. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. So we're getting into the Bravo news of the week, but I would like to start off with some Bravo news of my own. If I may, I saw the first episode of Real Housewives of Dubai. 
Oh my God. It is so good. And not only did I see the first episode, I talked to every cast member. I got to interview them. I specifically was like, put me on this junket. I have to talk to these women. They are incredible. They come out the gates with um I love it. Just the drama, the the like dramatics, the the, the glamour. Opulence. Yeah, it's just yeah. everything totally is there with these women. And like you think it would be Caroline Stansberry Stanberry would be the I don't know the Queen B. But she's not. That's she's not interesting. At least not in the first episode. So Okay. You know we'll be well, covering it here. Right. And I had watched the trailer and I they all seem feisty and ready. And also um, Chanel, I think is her name. She's like literally the most beautiful woman I've ever seen in my entire life. And um, she she also seems like she is she is ready to brawl. And I'm I'm here for it. Chanel Ian is her name. And um, Ayan, Ayan. And um, she is definitely the most dramatic. And she is also a Bachelorette fan. So I oh. pop up and she goes, oh, my God, I know you. And I'm like, I know you too, girl. She's like, I have an, a standing invitation to Dubai. And I'm oh. telling you, after this interview, I'm like, I'm, I'm definitely going to Dubai. I'm definitely You're going. checking flights. You're checking yes. flights. Yeah. I cannot to. wait to start recapping that and we will be doing it next week guys so tune in for dubai there's your tease it does not disappoint we have heard about this franchise rumored for a long time it is finally here and it comes in with a bang and what i will say about these women too is what's great is they're housewives but they're entrepreneurs you know a lot of times we see the entrepreneur Ship developed throughout the Develop- season. Exactly. Yes, totally. They come in with that. So it's very inspiring at wow. the same time. Very inspiring. I love that. Totally. Yes. I'm I'm into that. I'm also into that. Can I mention the, the Phaedra Parks? The Phaedra Parks uh tease asked. at the end. Oh I my oh I asked about it. Mm-hmm. 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 So yeah, we will. She's definitely Phaedra. And she's oh there. my god! Amazing! Um, <laughs> oh, I I can't wait! I can't wait! <laughs> I can't either. Okay, <laughs> I also can't be so wait good. to get into some of this news because if you are currently watching the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, which we also cap a uh, recap every week on the Morally Corrupt Show, you have been probably asking the question everybody else has: Where in the world is Kathy Hilton? Prior to prior to this season starting there were a lot of rumors surrounding Kathy Hilton and it seems off camera the drama is just increasing increasing and I'm and it's just making us just like highly anticipate her appearance on the show when it actually happens so if you've been watching she's been an MIA thus far and then a rumor came out that allegedly this is the reason why so allegedly she used a slur at a club um, homophobic slur, a racist slur. And she left the show. We know she does not show up to the reunion. She did not film the reunion. But we don't know if it's because of this rumor, alleged rumor, or if it's because of a fallout between Kyle that is teased, but we have yet to see the whole blow up. And then most recently, Lisa Renna, who we know and love, who loves to stir the pot, <laughs> yeah, she does. 
and loves to engage in gossip, in Bravo gossip. So she sent these Amazing. comments to a gossip Insta account. And she said, quote, <laughs> she knew I, what she was doing. Oh, you know it. And we are, we are like Lisa, I feel like just sits at home and just is like, how can I, like, twiddling her fingers, <laughs> like, th- like, how can I stir the Bravo she, pot? And she does. And her dedication is incredible. I mean, she lost a, what, a 20 year friend, Denise Richards, over this. I mean, she is loyal to Bravo. Yep. And could care less and could care less. Get out of Lisa Renna's way, okay? Because she is on a roll. And, and we I'm have to stand. Yeah, exactly. I'm here for it. So apparently she sent these comments in regards to Kathy Hilton. She said, quote, I can't even look at her. It's so hideous. And here's the thing. If you're going to be on a reality show, honey, and you're a homophobic (laughs) racist, you probably should have stayed home. Yeah. Rena is not holding back. She goes on. She doesn't stop there. She says, we usually run the liars slash narcissists off. So we have some work to do. One thing I can tell you, they got it from their mama. (gasps) So when it all starts coming out, do some Googling and see where those words have been thrown around before. It's all in the family, honey. And they are going to try to cover it up big time. I mean, it's already been out in the press, but years ago. Now, do you do you know what she's alluding to? Well, I think from what I had heard about about this whole whatever went down. I had read that she, like you said, used some slurs at someone at like they're in Aspen. That's what the rumor is. And she allegedly said some slurs and then went on to, I think someone who was like, it was like a bouncer or something. I don't know. They were somewhere and it was like security and she threw around some pretty horrible words. And then she said, this was like later, I think on the same trip she allegedly said to kyle she was like i hate you or something oh my god well she references lisa renna references that this is in the family and if you do some digging years ago there are other members of the family and they probably learned this type of behavior she's do you know what she's referring to yes i do rachel i this is embarrassing but i am a bit of a hilton historian I am currently reading a book right now called House of Hilton from Conrad to Paris. It's a book by Jerry Oppenheimer and you can't really find it online. It's like you can purchase it online, but it's very expensive. So you can go to the Kindle store (laughs) on Amazon and it's only $12. So that's where where I got my copy. Okay. And of course, this is all alleged, you know, but at the same time, I'm thinking, and you know this because you're a lawyer, but like, wouldn't they have sued if this was like fake or like, wouldn't they have tried not to get this published? But they're they're getting all these people who knew them, who were related to them, and they're talking in this book about them, about the Hiltons and uh, the Richards, I guess. Do they make ref? Do they reference some of the things that are allegedly happened during this season in yes. regards to being homophobic and racist. Okay. Yes. I even, I've, I've screenshotted some stuff for us today and, um, a historian you are. <laughs> <laughs> and if they, so all the Richards, uh, girls like uh, Kathy and, and Kyle and Kim, Kyle and Kim share the same father, but they have a different father than Kathy, but they all, the matriarch of the family is Big Kathy, and she is she's deceased, R.I.P. But she, in this book, let me tell you, she 
she gets a pretty bad rap because they're saying uh, Big Kathy <laughs> or Kathy Hilton? Uh, Big Kathy. And then Kathy okay. Hilton is little Kathy. Which I, I love. Um, some one of the people they talked to, Kim's a spitting image of her mother in every way. The amorality and the drinking, the revolving door of men who she, Big Kathy, had in her life when Kim was with me. And so they're talking about Kim. And as we've seen um on previous seasons of The Housewives, Kim has has always had kind of a little a little trouble here and there and she's kind of been the over the top kooky one and they're saying like th this is all her mother and then they also say Kathy's a very mean person and they are very bizarre people it comes from the mother so in this entire uh book they're just like okay big Kathy it all stems from big Kathy and she had a revolving door of men come in and out of her life and would put them before her daughters while also pitting her daughters against each other. So oh, all wow. three of them. Mm -hmm. And she, and they were like, and they learned all of their manners and everything. And they've learned that uh, in life, you have to marry rich and ha pop out a bunch of babies from Big Kathy. And so Big Kathy just does not get a good uh, reputation in this book. And it, it, and it kind of stems from her. Okay, now I know why little Kathy, Kathy Hilton, was so upset with Kyle about American Woman because she didn't want these secrets. She didn't know what the content yes. was going to be surrounding American Woman. And if this kind of stuff came out, she was going to be upset because she obviously knows her mother. Now it all makes sense. I couldn't understand why it was such a big deal that they were going to do this show American Woman. Now I get it. No, exactly. And and they've, they've got like a bunch of people quoted in here. They're saying like, uh, if there was ever a real life Rhoda Penmark, the evil child in the bad seed, it One would of my be, favorite movies. Oh, it would be One of Big my Kathy. favorite movies. <laughs> Big Kathy's Rhoda. Okay. Yeah. I just want everybody to know that in the bad seed, the original, the black and white one, Rhoda's a sociopath. Oh, <laughs> So if that's what they're literally that's what referring they're to her. Yeah, they're, she's actually, a, they're a, not like even an eight-year-old sociopath. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Which is not good. It's not good. Um, yeah, and there's it's just uh, there's another quote that's like. Kathy Hilton's very selfish and very spoiled and very self-centered, and that absolutely carries through to Paris. And we've seen. I feel like Paris, pa Paris's past antics. There's a whole thing where we tried to re-examine her, which I think we did um, with This Is Paris, the documentary. But everyone forgot to bring up all of her past um, uses of slurs and a lot of derogatory comments. And, you know, and, and people forget about that. But she has a she has a really big history with that as well. And it's like to me, it's very much like, well, the apple probably doesn't fall that far from the tree. Please, if not, and maybe I shouldn't say this publicly, there, there's got to be a documentary on this. There <laughs> has to be a documentary. On like the Hilton, yeah. On Kathy. I need it. I mean, there obviously the Hilton name, you know, stands alone. There's a dynasty there, which means there's some digging to do. And there's some, there's some tea. And speaking of tea, Kathy, in a surprise move, who we don't really see that active on social and really doesn't, um, I don't know, get into the drama in the way that Arena would, after Rena made these comments, posted, then, of course, subsequ subsequently deleted, vague images to her Instagram on this past Wednesday, hinting at tea. Okay, so she 
post a picture of Kermit drinking tea, which that is so what, like 2017? <laughs> like, come on, like, who's doing that anymore? Exactly. And then she posts another image of, of um, a teapot with the steam blowing out. So piping hot tea. Again, Kathy, please step, come back to 2022. Step into it. Exactly. I, I see. Well, we're not doing that anymore. I think she's deflecting here. I think she really doesn't have any tea and she's just trying to get all of the rumors and everything away from her and back on to Rinna, honestly. Yep. Yep. And then she posts um, this long thing that I'm not going to read, but basically <laughs> it is titled The Narcissist When You Are in Need, which again is in reference to um, Lisa Rinna. So she's calling her a narcissist. So it will be very interesting. And I do think we know now that Kathy Hilton is not going to be a part of the reunion. I actually think that's a mistake because it's going to give Lisa Rinna free reign to say everything that she wants to say. And, and Rinna and Erica are close. So I guarantee you, Erica's going to back it up, especially the way that Rinna's had her back in regards to all the legal issues. So I think that it's going to be a free for all where they're going to be able to talk about Kathy Hilton at great length. And it's and she and Kyle are on the outs. Is Kyle really going to stand up and take up for her? I don't know. Um, I would love to hear from Kathy, but I think Kathy's best and her defense, and I'm using air quotes, is to just not say anything and keep it moving. I do not know why Kathy came on the show. If you got this to hide, I don't know why you would come on the show. Um, Amelia, you clearly know a lot that comes to pop culture. Like, it, can people find more, hear you talking more about pop culture? <laughs> yes, they can. Thank you, Rachel. Um, Actually, on, on a pop culture history lesson, uh, on the Ringer Dish channel, uh, it's a sister channel, um, if you will, uh, we talk about a lot of uh, pop well pop culture history we actually recently did uh an episode on paris and Lindsay, and i love pop culture from the 2000s so we're doing a lot of that over there they're really fun deep dives with a lot of ringer people as well as um some outside people so tune in go to ringer dish listen to that i mean if you you should actually get some type of proceeds for the way you just sold this book because i am going to now read it. I'm not, I wasn't that fascinated with the Hiltons until you just gave me, um, Rachel, it's good. That it's, info. It's juicy. So good. You guys, you're welcome. Please thank Amelia because she just really gave it to you. And I know that that was just as interesting to you. Okay. That is the end of our Bravo news of the week. Amelia, thank you so much for joining me. Stars and big players. That's exactly who we have coming up on the podcast. Our first guest ever. To the Morally Corrupt show, we've got a star. We've got a big player on the track field, off the track field. She's clearly doing her thing on the Real Housewives of Atlanta. Joining me right now, and I'm properly dressed for the occasion, is my friend, Sonia Richards-Ross, or should I say Sanya, because that's what some of your your uh, castmates are calling you. For the record, which one should I say? Sonia, like what you've always called me. <laughs> It's so funny because let me tell you how that happened, Rachel. So, you know, I'm Jamaican. And so my mom and my Jamaicans call me Sanya. So one of the producers on the show, she's Jamaican. So she's calling me Sanya, 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 which is fine. So then the girls start to call me like, no, I don't really like when Americans try to call me Sanya. It doesn't sound right. But Marlo is hell bent on still calling me. She swears she's Jamaican. 
but I would like to go by what I've always gone by, Sonia, Sonia Richard-Ross. Thank you for clearing that up because I said, do I not know her? Because I have known her since I was 18 and I'm pretty sure it was always Sonia. I was questioning whether, whether I really knew you after that. Okay, good. Okay, good. So I think the number one question that people want to know is why you decided to go on The Real Housewives. As one of our um, co-hosts on this podcast said, you are you were a household name before. Why did you want to go on The Real Housewives of Atlanta? I think, you know, for me, the question was, why not? Why not? Like, you know, that there is no blueprints after you win an Olympic gold medal. It's like, what do you do next? And, you know, for many people, I think this the easy transition is to go into coaching or into something directly related to sports. And I'm an NBC commentator, which I love, but I also love television. And so, you know, the opportunity to join this iconic group of women. Um, and obviously I wanted to bring myself to the platform, right? Like one of my coaches always told me, like, wherever you go, you bring yourself. So you know, for me, it was just about using this opportunity once again to meet great people and to represent a group of women that I felt hopefully could connect with me. So I was excited about it. I love seeing you on the show. I think you're doing a fantastic job. And I also love that you're paving the way. Mm. Like like you said, there's no blueprint when you, yeah. as you just casually said, <laughs> when the old metal, she could grieve. They're right. There's no blueprint for that, but you're paving your own way. And yeah. I love that. And there are going to be so many other, you know, like young girls who watch what you do and are like, oh, I can do whatever I want too. Exactly. Um, so since you mentioned that you're joining the cast of these iconic women, which you are, everyone knows Atlanta is like the franchise. Did you watch the franchise before? And if so, well, actually, I'll save the second part. But did you watch the franchise before? And were you close with any of the women um, or like had relationships with them before you came on the cast? Yes. So yes, I absolutely watched The Housewives of Atlanta. I was a big fan of the show, especially in the early seasons. I ain't going to lie, I kind of fell off a little bit towards the end, like I think a lot of people did. Show um, fell off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody had to say it. <laughs> and so, yeah, so I definitely knew, I knew of the ladies. Um, I wasn't overly familiar with any of them. You know, I had met Candy in a couple, you know, in passing, a couple events I had gone to. She was honored. I went with Will Packer to a few events, met her there. I met Drew Sedora about three weeks before the show we started filming. Our, we had a stylist in common that introduced us and we hung out one or two times prior to that. But to be very honest, like I wasn't really friendly with any of them. I didn't live here, Rachel. You know, I was in Austin. I was in Texas. Right. Right. But you can't tell. I mean, you you fit into the group seamlessly. And it's uh, thank goodness you share a stylist with Drew and not an assistant. We're going to get into that <laughs> later. We're going to get into that. Yeah. First impression of the women when you met them. Okay, perfect question. So I'm going to go down them one by one. So I um, my first impression of Candy was that she was a bit guarded. Like I felt, I really felt like we were going to connect instantly. I was like, oh, we, I feel like of all the ladies, I'm probably most like her, like, you know, family, boss, and all those things. But it kind of felt like she was just like, okay, hi, you know, how are you? And I was like, okay, look, I don't have to, you know, take some time to get to know her. Um, obviously, I had met Drew prior. So coming on to filming, we had a little bit of history, just a little bit of history. So, you know, I thought she was super cool. Um, Sheree was really nice when I met her. Um, 
Shrey and Marla. So we had drinks before our first filming and they were super cool. I think Marla was like, okay, you know, well, who are you? What are you going to bring to the show? Like she was really, really cool. And then Kenya, I met for the first time on camera. Like the archive event was my first time meeting her. And, you know, she comes in like, hello, darling. You know, it's like, <laughs> okay, okay, Miss America, Miss USA, Miss World. I see it. Um, and so, and I think I felt, I honestly felt like she was open to like, you know, find out more about who I was. She had just come up dancing with the stars, which you're also familiar with. And she had just been around Olympians. I think she was kind of intrigued, you know, to get to know me, which was cool. So funny. I, I think... What was fun is the first time we really see you on the show, it's working out with Drew and Ralph. I'm just going to pause for a second. It's almost as if they didn't know what you and Ross did, like, like did. I would never go work out with you. And it's so, not only did they work out with you, they talked about their own workout program. I, I just, I, have you, have you, utilize drop it with drew have we have we seen it anywhere is is anybody dropping it with drew well we know drew ain't dropping it with drew we know that <laughs> like what just... yeah it, i mean it, it was a head scratch for me the whole time you know i was like tr i really tried to give her the benefit of the doubt and you could see in the like in the first episode where we're in the gym and i'm like okay cool like this sounds really cool but as we progress and it's like, you know, and the thing that the, the, the difficulty I had with Drew throughout the season was always that the math wasn't math. And it's like, sis, like, what are you doing? And I think for me, it's like, even if you're not all the way there yet, that's cool, but just keep it real. Like everybody starts somewhere, you know, we're all trying to figure it out, but it just seems to me like it just wasn't adding up. I'm like, I am in this space. I'm in this health, wellness, fitness space. And you're telling me people are dropping hundreds of pounds. And I'm like, so what's the diet plan? It's just, it just, you'll see, but it was just insane. No, it doesn't add up. And I'm just going to blame Ralph. As I've said on this podcast, never trust a Ralph. <laughs> you never <laughs> trust a Ralph. There's is some, that a thing, I, Rachel? It is in my life. I've just, and I got an uncle, and I have an uncle Ralph, sorry. Hey, <laughs> hey you still, there's, there's just something about Ralph's. That's, mm -hmm. that's all I'm going to say when well, it comes he's, to this that. This is the first Ralph I ever met, and it's, it's, it's making sense. I mean, never trust a Ralph. It's like, this is the first Ralph I've ever met. We're going to get into that because I want to get into this episode from this past Sunday. Yes, I'll just say with Drop, Drop It With Drew, the coolest thing about that whole program is the name. And I honestly think she got caught up in the name and, and from there, just it just got away from her. It just <laughs> got away from her. Um, oh, real quick, before we recap, how did the family like filming? I mean, you guys aren't, aren't strangers to reality TV. You had your own show and the whole family was on it. But how are they adapting to uh, being a part of the franchise? Um, I think everybody has been adjusting a little bit differently. Um, initially, Ross wanted no parts of being on the show. Like <laughs> um, a lot of convincing, a lot of good loving to get him on board <laughs> to be on the show. Um, but honestly, throughout the process, I think he got more and more into it and enjoyed it more and more because they really want you to be yourself. Like that's the one thing I love about this platform wasn't nobody trying to make you do nothing you didn't want to do. 
And I think that was his ultimate thing was like, look, I want us to be ourselves and we were. So he, you know, throughout the process, enjoyed it more and more. And I think the feedback has been really good. So he's great. My mom loves reality TV. Like she has been, you know, is really into it. So she was excited. She was like, this is going to be a really cool journey for you. I love it. Um, and But my sister, she's the tricky one. My sister is like understands the show probably even more deeply than I do. And she's like, it comes with a lot. And she's very protective mm-hmm. of me, Rachel. Like she, yes, she is. I mean, <laughs> she don't play about her sister. So she's like, look, now I got to get off social media. Now I can't watch my, one of my favorite shows because I'm going to have to beat somebody up behind you. <laughs> um, you know, she's, not, she's the only person still kind of struggling with it. <laughs> That's so I I don't question any of that. Like that all <laughs> sounds very on par. Um so shoot, I literally oh I have to tell you, I was upset when I saw that you were talking about the business, the transportation business in Austin. And um, I'm gonna plug your business because I used it last summer for a bachelorette party and i'm so mad that the cameras weren't rolling Ah! so i could have been a part of it because no seriously and i'm not just saying this because you're my friend it was a last minute thing we called you you found this transportation we used it all weekend all day all weekend we had we had various types of transportation it was fantastic the drivers were great Thank you. And I'm just selfishly mad that it wasn't captured for content for the show. I'm just going to have to use the services again. Yeah, well, you're going to have to come back because, and I'm happy you also mentioned it because on the show, we talk about it like Ross Elite was hit hard for COVID and it took a lot for Ross to be able to sustain the business throughout those two years. And I'm so happy he did because it has rebounded incredibly. If you're in Austin, you need car service, look us up and we're going to be coming to Atlanta soon. So Ross Elite chauffeur service. Thanks, Rachel. I appreciate that. Of course. Just let me do a testimonial. You know, because, <laughs> you know, ser- in all seriousness, it was it was fantastic. Thank you like, so we much. didn't have to. Yeah. And like I could call like Ross and be like, hey, we need this. And he was like, bam, 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 bam. So, you know, it was it, w- it was great. Awesome. OK, let's get into this episode. It pops off with all of you getting a knock on the door or a ring on the door with um, a stranger. Uh dressed. I, I can't say to impress. I'm not even quite sure what to say. I don't, I don't even know if you can say dress. Like, I'm not sure. <laughs> That's appropriate. <laughs> you have this stranger knocking at your door. I mean, what was your impression of that? And what did you think about this whole S&M invitation that you received from Candy? Well, it, the crazy thing is I had only been in Atlanta a few months and every time I opened my door, it was like, surprise. I'm like, what is going on? I live in this really nice small neighborhood. I know they're looking at their windows like, what is up with these new neighbors? <laughs> <You know? laughs> but um, it was it was it was crazy. I, we weren't expecting it. I actually told Ross to cover his eyes, go back in the room. Mm-hmm. Like you don't need to be out here for this one, um, because Candy is crazy. Like um, <laughs> half naked <laughs> with a gift, and obviously candy coated nights. It was all you know, kind of inspired by that. But I said, Candy, you are crazy. Yeah. Sending these- half naked people to our door. I just kept thinking, is this in violation of anybody's HOA? Are y'all going to get in trouble for this? Like, this is not, I mean, not normal. (laughs) (laughs) Not normal. Um, So then that goes into, we see you guys, you're traveling to New York, which I think is cute. Um, All the couples there, uh, you're really getting to know everybody and a lot 
in a bigger way, which the husbands too, which I actually like the franchises are starting to include the husbands. I mean, I don't yes. want a whole storyline with them, but I like to see them there. So y'all are sitting around, you get to New York and you're telling sexy stories. What did you think of Drew's comment when you watched it back that she said that she doesn't think that you have, have ever had sex outside of the bedroom? I don't even know where that came from. You don't want to know what I really want to say because I ain't going <laughs> to say what I really want to say. <clears throat> but, um, <laughs> you know, I just, I mean, I actually think it's a compliment, right? Because that means I'm classy, right? You think, you know, I'm a, I'm, I'm the right amount of class and sexy because my husband knows what's up. Mm-hmm. So I'm a lady mm-hmm. in the streets and what mm-hmm. I need to in the sheets. So whatever, Drew, like, let's just keep your husband in your bedroom. How about that? <laughs> oh, Okay. 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 With the classy answer and the classy shade. Okay. (laughs) Because we then see them tell their story, which Mm -hmm. once again, as you said earlier, things don't add up. They talking about wells in the ocean. (laughs) Like Ralph, I I wish you could watch that scene back in slow-mo because it almost seemed like he got confused when he was telling the story. Like his eyes are moving around. He started... Did anybody else, did we miss something with that? Anybody else comment? Because I wanted y'all to dig deeper about him talking about with Wells. Yeah, no, we (laughs) all were like, we were like, come on, Rose. So y'all was that far out where you, (laughs) there we go again with y'all making shit up. Like, it's just, it's just every time I'm like, can y'all just be real with us? Like, can you be honest? Like, yeah, you, you, you see it. So basically what the viewers are seeing it's not just television. Ralph and Drew really just don't make a lot of sense <laughs> in real no, life. No, this is, this is real. This is this is real life. Like, every time you're around them, it's another story. Like, this is not for television. Like, these, these two <laughs> are special. <laughs> now, special. it is fun to watch. But if oh, I yeah. was there in person... I'm so opinionated and I'll, it would be extremely frustrating to me. And I would just have to say something. Yeah, yeah. I just, uh, if I need to be a friend of in yeah. uh, season 15, I'm more than happy to make a couple of. <laughs> oh, oh, you, you She's actually really I'm nice. I'm holding you to that, Rachel. <laughs> I am bringing you on as my friend of. I'm, I'm calling <laughs> right now. <laughs> I'm that true. She's very nice, but I just feel like there's a Ralph influence that just brings her down. Do we believe Kenya's story about the coyotes? <laughs> there is that no also- way in hell. There's no first of all, can you imagine? I can't even imagine Kenya hunting. Like she lost me when she started there. I say, you were doing what now, girl? In what? In one of your dresses? Like, come on. <laughs> and then, I, yeah, it was just, it was a lot of made-up stories. Marlo's story was made up, Drew and Kenya. But like but how Candy about Marlo? Said, oh, go it took ahead. a lot of imagination. Like Candy said, it took a lot of imagination. So I'm not mad at it, but I- I mean, Marlo admitted she made up her story, but hers seemed way more real than Kenya's Andrew's, (laughs) right? (laughs) Way more real. Um, Okay, so staying on the Drew and Ralph track, because we're seeing a lot with them, and I feel like that is going to be a theme throughout the season. What is your take on the assistant drama? Because we see it kind of all come to a head at the dinner table in New York, where everyone's kind of giving their opinion on both Ralph and Drew in this situation. Yeah. So, I mean, first of all, I mean, I, I certainly feel, and I told you this, it's like, 
there's no way there should ever be a woman in your husband's life that makes you feel uncomfortable, period, right? Like if she's not respectful of you, if she's not, um, you know, like doing the things that I think are important for a woman to do when they're around your man, then she got to go. Like there's just no ifs, ands, or buts about it. I shared a story of one time with Ross and he was playing football and I came downstairs and his new massage therapist was rubbing him with her eyes closed. And I said, this is going to be your last massage. And Ross was mortified. And I'm like, no, but why she got her eyes closed? This just seemed like she's just too into it. And he was like, bye-bye. So you got to, yeah, you got to nip it in the bud. Like it's just no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Um, but the thing about it is, is also there's a lot there too, where like with the communication sometimes, and I have the same issue with Drew too. It's like, she'll tell you, but she doesn't listen. And I think with, with her and Ralph, they got to find a better way to communicate. You know, it's like, I feel like you make your point, you keep going and he go, it's just there. You'll see it throughout the season. But obviously when it comes to the assistant situation, I'm very firm on the fact that she should not be around if she's not going to respect Drew. But there's some other issues we got with Drew with the way she communicates, but we'll talk about it. And- and work out because that's kind of alluded to in the preview for the next episode. You and Drew have a sit down and I cannot wait. I love it. Saya, I just have to say, I mean, you are a great housewife because Aww. you don't, you like, you're classy, you keep it together, you're fun, you get along with the women. But at the same time, you also are like, I'm new. It's, it's like your tagline, you know, like this is not my first race. And right. so like you don't you tell people how you feel. And I'm so excited because a lot of times people can be more timid or they just want to feel like they're too in their head of what the audience is thinking. And you're yourself and knowing you outside of the show. I'm like, no, this is this is Sonia. A hundred percent. Thank you. Um, OK, so in a surprise twist this season, we're seeing a lot of tension between Candy and Todd. And I don't like it. For you, what's your reaction to witnessing it? Because it's to the point where it's starting to spill over and they're not just keeping it in the household. Like uh, viewers are seeing it, which means I know you guys saw it, especially on that New York trip. Yeah, I mean, I think to be very honest, like I, I, I appreciate their vulnerability and I appreciated them sharing some of the challenges they're having in their marriage, just to be honest, I could kind of relate a little bit to it. And I could kind of see, you know, I see a lot of myself in candy. And so I always kind of, I'm like, okay, I don't want to go too extreme because these are, you know, this is the, the, the repercussions of that. Right. It's like Todd is saying, look, like the family needs you more. Like you're growing too much without me. And you know, all of their sex life and their family life and I'm gonna be honest. I, I appreciated it. Like I was, I was really here for Candy opening up and not making it seem like it's perfect. And because I mean, she does five million things at once, and I'm constantly trying to figure out like how is she, how is she balancing all these things? Like how is she momming, wifing? Like it's just insane. So you know, I appreciated hearing, um, hearing Todd's perspective, and so so did Ross. Yeah, and I think. It's very real, especially someone. It, it, it shows the struggles that women have to do, you know, being mom, wife, entrepreneur. It's a lot. And something is going to suffer because you just can't give yeah, it all to everything. Give. What do you think about the fact that they're trying to allude that Todd is Marlo? Marlo's not even trying to allude. Marlo is flat out. <laughs> just no, like Marlo does not allude. Marlo <laughs> says what she says when she says yeah, I was so but the thing is here's the thing, Rachel, right? Because okay, so you got you have to remember when the show is filming, 
obviously I know what the, you know, what my, you know, I hate to call it scene work because it's so real. I, scenes make it seem like, it, right? But I know when the cameras are there with me, what I see. But it's a lot of stuff I don't see. And so when I asked Candy on the bus, because, and honestly, I didn't think it was a potential like other women issue. I just thought it was more like, well, when he comes home, he comes home late. Then he wants us to have, you know, I, I, I honest, I was shocked when she said, well, yeah, kind of. And I didn't know that Sheree and Marlo were talking. So I right. was like, is, is, is she really insecure about the fact that maybe, you know, when he's out late, he's doing yeah. stuff. I was, I was shocked. I, I was shocked that that was said. And again, I've, I, we saw their love story develop on this show. So it's yes. just like, I just I just hope that these are just rumors because I don't want to see it go that way. And then I kept thinking, oh my gosh, if Marlo and Sheree were having that conversation, it's going to be a good reunion. Wait, a good <laughs> reunion. Because Candy's yeah, seen great. it for the first time too. Um, what, oh, do you, yeah. what do you think about the condo situation? Like, do you... Do you agree with the fact that he has this condo? Would this, would it bother you? Because this could be y'all, because Ross lives in New York, Jersey, whatever. Yeah, except for he ain't had no other chicks before me, really. Okay. <laughs> no, he you did know. not. I was, I was with him shooting in the gym, baby. Yes, anyway. <laughs> as long as I've known him, I've known you. And y'all have always been exactly. together. Exactly. <laughs> so um, so this is the thing about it. I initially felt, I was like with Candy, I was like, this is kind of weird. Like, I would never be able to call this place a home, especially we got kids, all that stuff. But when I rolled up there, Rachel, and walked into the place, I was like, the, it, the place is so run down. And so like, you know, the, yeah, it didn't it, it didn't feel like a home. It didn't feel like two other people made this space a home. So I was like, if they renovate it, do all, you know, make it into a new space. The location is to die for. Like you literally stand outside and you can see like the bridge. You can see the city. I mean, yeah. I wouldn't give it up. <laughs> I wouldn't give it up. <laughs> So I kind of understood uh, Todd's perspective from that angle. But initially, at first, I was like, it does kind of feel a little icky to like be in a house that he had with another chick. Um, but then he did say she did have the house, that house before him. And That's true. Lot, I'm sure a lot happened in that house, too. So <laughs> he has made some concessions as well. Yes. And I feel like this is just a good investment property. I hope Candy gets yeah. past it. I hope they keep this because yeah. it's, it, yeah. yeah, to me, it made sense. I understood. I understood Todd on this one. Um, yeah. of all the housewives, who are you closest with? So it's crazy because, um, actually weren't that close on the show. Like we never really were able to connect as well as we have connected post filming. Um, and so my, the, the women I'm, the two women I'm closest to is actually Candy and Marlo. That's fun. So we have, yeah, we have really, connected. yeah, I, Candy and I have hung out a lot since the show, me and Marlo. And it's, it, I, I, I'm cool with Kenya and Sheree as well. Like we talk, you know, fairly often, but yeah. You might have to be the peacemaker between uh, Kenny and Marlo after this last week's episode. Because yeah, Marlo was talking. Because yeah. Marlo was talking. Okay. Outside of you, who do you think is the strongest couple? Outside of me and Ross? Um, I would have to say Candy and Todd. That's good um, stuff. Yeah, I think Candy and Todd. Yeah, I think, I mean, they're they're able to push through and persevere through a lot. So I don't think any, you know, of this stuff, you know, impacts them. They're pretty solid. And then we see you and Ross sit down and talk about possibly having another child. Is that, are we going to see more conversation about that in this season? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, that has been the biggest issue in our marriage. Um 
is that my husband desperately wants us to have another kid and I don't. <laughs> Girl, we just try to get one. Okay. Yes, I exactly. Yes, it's a lot. It's I'm it is, Rachel, when I tell you Ross and I were together for 14 years before we had a kid and it was like a bomb went off in our marriage, it was, it was, I can't even, we don't have enough time, girl. It was just, <laughs> it was a lot. And, you know, I feel like we finally got in, a, we're in a good space now. Deuce is four. We got it figured out again. It's like, you want to do that again? Are you sure? So... We have a lot of a lot of conversation, a lot of tears, a lot of emotions come up. I think a lot of like, honestly, people say that these shows aren't therapeutic, but I think it will be. I, I can't like I think men and women on both sides of this issue will be able to see a lot. I hope Ross learns a lot from how I felt. I hope I understand him more deeply about it. But it's 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 a real thing for us. And. You know, we're still talking about it, but it's, yeah, you'll definitely see a lot of that on the show this season. Well, I appreciate you sharing that because I know a lot of women and men will relate to it. Like I said, we're just trying to get to take the step into one because you, you feel like you're ready and then you're not ready. And you're like, well, I lose this. Well, like it's, it's, it's a big step. So I'm trying to get to one. I can't even imagine two. And <laughs> exactly. so I appreciate you being so vulnerable because I know that those conversations are never easy, especially to do it with so many people. Yeah. Um, would you consider investing in a uh, lay archive? <laughs> <laughs> Listen, it's it's just it's the delivery for me. Like, oh. <laughs> Um, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna probably stay out of that one. I'm gonna, you know, see in a couple of years how that one goes. <laughs> but you know, I, I the thing about it is is like I always think it's smart to start a business doing the thing that you love. And if you got a shitload of something, right? Like the reason we started our car service was because we had five cars. I was like, maybe like this seems like an easy transition, you know what I mean? Let's let's whatever. So I mean the lady got garages and houses full of clothes, like <laughs> make it work. But yeah. I I think the issue is, like we all say, it's like they're all one size. It's like, mm -hmm. you know, and like Marlo wears like probably like a size 10, 12 shoe. Like, who are we styling, sis? Like, <laughs> I think mean, just one investor and like, you know, and so for the, the, the small market that there is. <laughs> I love you, Marlo! Uh <laughs> oh, 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 do we ever find out where Marlo's money comes from? Okay, that's it. I let's see. So I interviewed Marlo and I asked her that question. She's like, "Yes, yes, I answer it all. You'll find out where my money comes from." We're episode four. I'm still asking Marlo, and I know it, it's. It, we should not be all up in her business, but it is a mystery. It is a mystery. Well, she's gonna. She definitely tackles it quite a few times on the season. So <laughs> okay, okay. We'll, I'll come back and you tell me what you think. <laughs> Okay. Okay. I will. I will. I'm, I'm going to be texting you more throughout. I'm going to be so annoying. Um, Drew, we see next week that the biggest drama seems to be between you and Drew for this next episode without giving too much. What can you tell us about that? Give us a tease. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think, and I feel like they did a really good job teasing it because in that moment, I kind of, you know, it's like, it's like, I kind of like blanked out a little bit, <laughs> but ultimately I just feel like if we are trying to build a genuine friendship, um, I should be able to tell you how I feel. 
And there were, there have been so many instances. And I think too, Rachel, you could appreciate this. Like if to me, as I've gotten older, it's like, if I see how you treat other people, that's an indication to me what kind of friend you're going to be to me. And so it's like you, it's like you, you, everybody has had an issue with you. It can't be everybody else. And so I'm literally, I literally came to her, like, wasn't even trying to make it like a big old thing. It was more like, Hey sis, like, here are the things that I think that I've noticed that I feel like make it sometimes hard to be your friend. And it, I mean, when I tell you escalated quickly, I mean, it was like zero to a hundred. So, but I really was just trying to come from the space of like, you know, if we're going to have a friendship, like I want you to know how I feel. And you can tell me like, if there's stuff that you feel that I'm doing that you don't like how I'm moving, tell me, but you know, yep. She brought the guns out. So I listen, I can't wait. Now we see on the trailer that you take the ladies to Jamaica. Yes. How, is that fun mixed with a little drama as well on the trip? <laughs> you know. No, seriously. But you know what, Rachel, this on this, on this show. Okay, so this is this is this has been my takeaway for this season. Is that you're gonna come for the reads but you're going to leave or you're going to stick around for the relationships, right? It's Aww. like you come for the bees, but you stay for the relationships because in Jamaica, we, it's like, and the whole season, we're, we're all building. Like, I really felt like it felt very nostalgic. Like season five, season six, we were really trying to like connect and like support each other and love on each other. But you mix that with women who are very dynamic, very opinionated. And also some of the women who have such rich history, like in Jamaica, Rachel, there was an argument that I'm sitting there like, they do know the cat. We <laughs> <laughs> do know everybody's in there. Okay, all right. It, and it came out of nowhere. Like everything was good. It was amazing. And then it was just like, ah! Yes. Yes. We can't wait. Yes. Can't wait. I love it so much. Yeah, I love it so much. Um, Okay, last question I will ask you. You've been so great. It's been so fun to talk to you. If you could bring past housewives from Atlanta into this season, who would you want to dig into the archives and bring from Atlanta before to add to the season? So into the lay archive, the lay archives. That's a good one. Um, I honestly feel like the chemistry and blend that we had this season was magical. And I know it's going to take people some time to like get over whoever wasn't here and get past all of that. Because yes, we did love, oh, I love them. I love the past peaches. Um, so ultimately, I really do love this group of ladies. I think that we were great. But if I had to pick one, one person who I think could have brought some you know, extra sauce to this season. It's not going to be who you think, but it actually would have been Phaedra. Phaedra. That's yeah. a good one. I was afraid you were going to say like Kim. No. <laughs> I think Phaedra. And, and I mean, obviously like, you know, knowing and loving Candy now, obviously I understand all that and I respect it, right? I don't know if they could ever be on the show together again. But of all the ladies, I feel like Phaedra would have been another good mix with us. Like, I love her, you know, like her shade and all that stuff. I would have, yeah, enjoyed having her too. But like I said, I think the cast was was great. And I think people will fall in love with, especially, like I said, come for the reads, but stay for the relationships because they grow, they, you know, they're tested, there's ebbs and flows. It's like really dope. Right. Oh, wait, have you met Tyrone? 
called Tyrone. <laughs> I don't know if it was in the previews, girl, so I ain't going to tell you again. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I had to. I just thought about that. I was like, oh, wait, we see something in the next episode. Okay. Okay, listen, Sonia, thank you so much for being here. Thanks you are so great as a housewife. I, I'm so excited to see more of you. I don't know if y'all started fil filming season 15, but you better be a part of it if if they are. Thank you very much. Um, and you already said you're coming on with me, so I'm going to call you. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Oh, come on. Oh, come on. <laughs> they're going to they be like, get your friend out of here. <laughs> Love you, Rachel. Keep shining. Love you, too. And tell the family I said hi. Will do. This episode is brought to you by Pure Leaf Iced Tea. Go beyond reality with new Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea and discover a berry delicious world bursting with unexpected blackberry flavor. A world so full of refreshing blackberry iced tea that you may never want to leave. But there's always time to linger. Try new Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea. Visit amazon.com slash pureleaf and enter 20 Pure Leaf for 20% off your purchase of new Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea. This episode is brought to you by cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Ah. Uh. Sonia was absolutely incredible, just as I knew she would be. I'm so happy that I feel I've known her since I was 18. And now the world, the world knew her as an Olympian. And now the world is getting to know her personally. And she's just as lovely as and, and as just fantastic as she's always been. So that was such a fun interview to do. But we are not done because now we still have to recap The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. The episode is entitled They're Sudden About Crystal. Love that. Of course, I can't do this alone. Joining me to do this recap is once again, Ringer social content producer, Amelia Wedemeyer and Ringer staff writer, Jody Walker. Ladies, hello, Jody. how are you? Oh, I am so excited to be here. <laughs> I don't know if I'm alone on this, but like, this is my episode. Like, this is my Super Bowl. I was obsessed with this episode because it's just like, we're out here identifying human behavior patterns. Like, that's what I'm into. Like, what Crystal is up to in that, that final conversation is just such a rich text of like, everyone just speaking a different language because like no yeah. one understands each other. It was so funny to me. I or It's funny and upsetting. <laughs> like I watched it twice. And I just want to congratulate Crystal on being like the first person to correctly use the term gaslighting on reality television in like at least four years since it became popular. So I'm really proud of her and I'm excited to talk about it with you guys. I am so excited to hear your thoughts and yours, of course, too, as well, Amelia. And I'm 
eager for you to translate what happened in the last 10 minutes of that episode because I couldn't follow. So I could translate those last 10 minutes for 40 minutes. So (laughs) (laughs) I'll try to be brief. Okay. So we, we, this is funny because it's a full circle moment in this episode, which now may be why I get why it's a Super Bowl episode for you. (laughs) The The episode starts off very confusing and it ends in a very confusing way. So we start off the episode with the women gathered together and we're not sure where exactly they are, why this gathering is happening, what's the purpose for it all. Let's get into it. Um, But we continue from the fallout. We do know that we're continuing from the fallout of Kyle and Sutton's conversation in regards to the way Sutton is reacting to the the break-in at uh, Dorit and PK's house. So Jody or Amelia, whoever wants to take it away from there. (laughs) Well, Rachel, just like listening to you describe that made me realize that like Kyle and Sutton had a conversation. Then they had a conversation about that conversation. And now we're having a conversation about them having that conversation. (laughs) (laughs) It's like so wild. And I, I told you guys this off air. I just found that conversation kind of suspect. Like the way that they come together, it seemed very haphazard and last minute. And Crystal's like getting the food ready. And she's like, they're coming earlier than they were supposed to. Like who does that? I don't know. Maybe that was another thing where I'm just like weirdly interested in this little gathering they have without Sutton. What did you think about it, Amelia? I I agree. It was a little suspect. Now that you bring it at first, I was just like, okay, I'm watching it. And, you know. Now that I throw my conspiracy no, theories I at you, you're it. also seeing I love it. I 100% <laughs> believe it, you know, because it was it was really, I was like, where are we? What's going on? And I, it, it just like, it happened so quickly. It was like, you know, like they did just like edit it in there just so we could get a little context and then move on to the next right. thing. There are two main takeaways from this weird little discussion at Crystal's house, which honestly reminded me of the time that Sutton like called a summit to talk about Erica. And now they seem to have like kind of called a summit to talk about Sutton. Sutton's not there. So Garcelle, a ride or die if ever there was one, was like, let's save this conversation for when Sutton's there. And I will happily prompt it again when we're in La Quinta because (laughs) Garcelle Garcelle got on, was she on the real or the talk? The real. The, The real. Garcelle got on the real and she was like, I am a journalist. I am a producer. And like, yeah. I will be running this conversation in season 12. And then the other thing that happens, which was the other thing that like set my radar off, like, what are we doing here? Is that Kyle asks the other women, she's like, have you guys heard the voicemail from today? And like, that's, that's so not weird. how voicemails work. <laughs> like, one person gets <laughs> was, a voicemail from one person. That is a great point. Was it a voice note or a voicemail? Maybe, maybe she sent a voice note to everyone. That's no, it's a voicemail because she plays it in her testimonial. She plays the audio of of Dorit having a panic attack, which is how Dorit later defines it. I, my greatest hope is that she had Dorit's consent to play that voicemail in her testimonial because that is like absolutely not okay if she didn't. So she plays it for us to actually hear Dorit saying like, Kyle, this is Dorit. So we know that it's a voicemail and not a voice note. And then in that conversation with the other women, she says, did you all hear Dorit's voicemail today? It just doesn't make any sense to me. She also waits until Dorit, Dorit's like, I've got to go to the bathroom. And then Kyle like watches her walk off and is like, okay, so let's weird. get down to business. It's a Kyle so, episode. And so, I do, I love so. digging into what's going on in Kyle's head. Well, this is what I will say about the Kyle voicemail. Kyle's better than that. 
She's been on this show since its inception. And that didn't make any sense. She's much better at saying like, oh, it's okay. voiceover. So oh, you mean she's better, she's better at producing than that, not exactly. she's morally better than that. Oh, no, 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 no. As, <laughs> as Amelia has pointed out, there's a long, deep history with those, <laughs> right, right, right. those Hilton <laughs> and Richards folks. A library so, no. full of literature about how she's not better than that. Right, but she produces better. So to me, it was like, okay, Kyle, you know how to do continuity better than this. This is... This this is strange. This is very strange. Um, okay. Do so, we think that Kyle was distracted because she had a huge fashion event ahead of her? No. Yeah, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> I would, listen, I was kidding. I'm just trying to get us to Kyle's new Kyle by Aileen, too. I just want to talk about this fashion line. <laughs> I mean, I find it interesting that they're like, Dorit, which I'm not taking away from her, is having panic, panic attacks and she's so distraught. I mean, so distraught to the point where she's not even interested in what she's wearing. Fast forward 24 hours later, she's shopping in Kyle's store, you know, preparing her glam outfit for the evening. You know what I mean? So it's like, which one is it? And Okay, so speaking of that, the ladies move from this location and they put a pin in the conversation because they're going to bring it down to the desert. <laughs> like well, I guess LA's desert, but down to La Quinta. Fun fact, La Quinta is where they filmed The Bachelor. Not sure if you guys know yes. that. Yes. Oh, I do know that. I am constantly hearing La Quinta in context <laughs> yeah. that I don't understand because I think of it as like uh, a mid-level hotel chain and it's not. It's like a whole fancy part of the desert. Yeah, same. <laughs> it's, it's a fancy part. It's a huge resort. Uh, so it's so funny to see the ladies that stay at the hotel or at the resort because I'm like, that is so totally where they film. The Bachelor That's as so well. funny. I wonder if there was ever any crossover when it comes to that. But we see the ladies arrive in La Quinta. Kyle gets there first. She has to set everything up. And she, of course, is down there to celebrate her new store, which is named what, Jody? Uh, this store is named Kyle by Shahida. Shahida is a designer. Kyle is a supporter of Shahida. <laughs> she's unclear the relationship and how it. Kyle gets to have her name on this store. You're right, Amelia. She's financing it. But it just, I was like, I don't know why Kyle keeps doing this because she has to know that she's just going to get cooked on social media because she used to have this store called, this is my Hilton's, Amelia. Like, this is my pop culture <laughs> yeah. history lesson is Kyle by Aileen too. Yeah. She used to have this store the called Kyle by Aileen too. <laughs> Terrible name makes it is like Bad a name. word word puzzle. She discovered some store called Aileen that she loved, so she was <laughs> like, "I'm going to bring Aileen to LA, and what I'm going to do is call it Kyle by Aileen, and then I'm going to put two on the end of it, but not T W zero, not T W O, like two, like limited. I was two. wondering why it was T O O. Because it's like the second one, but classic pun puntress shocked. that she is. You don't remember Kyle by Aileen too? No, of course I remember. Oh, okay, okay. It. I thought it was a hideous <laughs> store. I like the the brick, everything. It just didn't it, like, the whole design of it. But I am in shock that she found the name a store she liked and then added the, her name to it. I had no idea where the name developed from. I thought it was an ugly name. <laughs> right. Listen, I did no this research idea. a long time ago. So Thank like, God. fact oh check God. me allegedly. But yes, it was, you know, and, and, and yet again, she has found Shahida and hitched her wagon <laughs> and Shahida seems miserable <laughs> about the situation. She's, that is so 
funny. <laughs> Kyle, once again, you're better than that. You're, I know you're more creative than mm-hmm. that. I know she, you Oh, are. no, 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 no. She is not. <laughs> Let me tell you not. something. My dear friend, Justin Sylvester, is obviously a former assistant of hers and close to her. He could have easily helped her form a better name. How did this happen? I'm going to ask uh-uh, you. Justin, this is about, on you. Justin's about to get a store called Justin by Kyle, too. Like, you got to be careful or she's going to hitch her wagon to your creative friend. And she even said something about this in the episode. Oh she was like, I just have to have a creative outlet. And it was like, what is the outlet here, Kyle? She got to that opening party at the same time as her guest did. <laughs> Teddy Mellencamp was there before uh, she was there. As a brunette. Like, what's the creative outlet? As a brunette. As a brunette. And did anybody notice that she was... Hold on. Did anybody notice? Please tell me I have some. I do not. Sadly, I do not when I need them. Did you notice what she had in her hands? The extra note cards. Oh, the extra. My employer. I she had know. the extra note card. Because I was. So I was she like, was there to do an interview with extra. Oh, yes. my God. Which I was like, when I saw Kyle walking in and Teddy was already there, I was like, of course Teddy would always uh. already be there. Her whole thing is that she's always on time. And then I saw the note cards and I was like, okay, okay. she's just doing her job and she's do- doing a good job. So I won't be mad at her right no, now. No, she's not because she got no tea. She was yeah. exclusively there on the set of them Tell it, Rachel. And you Tell didn't it. give us anything. Yes. Do you know what I would have done if I was there? First of all, I would have been wearing the outfits. Yes. I would have been in the mix. By the end of the, my time there, it would have been Rachel, friend of <laughs> oh, somebody. Yes. Rachel, friend in a, of. Rachel in a fancy pajama. You would have been at Kyle's Laquinta house. You would have been <laughs> co-producing with Garcelle. I clearly oh know my, my way God. around Laquinta. <laughs> I, I'm, like, I'm already cool with Garcelle. I would have totally. Well, as always, every not... day we get closer to a Rachel Housewives crossover. Oh my Just God. Can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see how long that lasts when I keep doing this podcast. Right? Morally, <laughs> the morally corrupt show. Um, okay, so we see the ladies come down. I know we skipped a, a little bit, but we're in Laquinta now. We're in, we're at that point in the recap. We might as well skip over the fact that they were drinking roadies, didn't know what roadies were, eating fast food and snacks because they're just trying to show us that housewives Ugh. are just like us. They love Stop. it. Stop. I love Stop. it. We know it. <laughs> okay. If we know Ky- you're not. I'm not. If Kyle says, where is Jack in the box to Siri? I'm not buying it. We see Diana travel down there. Or I'm sorry, before she gets there, her team comes to inspect it make sure everything is properly there, that there's enough security, that the sheets are there. You know, it's so funny to me. I know Diana has a lot of money and I know that she's known in Hollywood circles, but does Diana need security like that? Does she need privacy? If Diana was walking down the street, would anybody recognize who she is? They might recognize her jewelry and maybe the labels and the bags that she's carrying. But outside of that, is this necessary, Diana? I didn't get the security part, but she does say something about sending her team to make it cozy. And I actually did relate to that because like, <laughs> I like an aesthetic too. I need to be in a place that is aesthetically pleasing to like feel my best. I'm a Taurus. And uh, we, t- we talked a little bit about star signs <laughs> in this episode. And like, <laughs> that, I don't, I never like, I never like, right. And actually, I guess Diana doesn't know her star sign. Maybe she is also a right. Taurus and just doesn't know it. <laughs> But like, I I was like, yeah, maybe if I was a billionaire, I'd also send a team ahead to make it cozy. And we've talked a little bit about the La Quinta Resort. And I don't want to talk too much smack because it sounds like we're all going to end up there one day. But it does not 
look very cozy in those rooms. They're staying in like the <laughs> business economy suites. It's not There's right. like a not mini nice. fridge in every corner. It's I, I've stayed there in a suite. It's not like what it's all cracked up to be. It's a nice getaway. Do you getaway. wish that you had a team to go ahead of you to hang a few paintings and throw <laughs> a quilt be on honest, the bed? There's not much you can do. There's okay, not okay. much you can do to make it cozy other than maybe changing out the sheets <sighs> and making it feel like yeah. home. Um, something that, oh shoot. I hate when I forget my thought. There was something that you said that I was going to point out. Um, astrology? astrology. What? Thank you. What did she say her sign was? Did she say she was a Leo? She, she, she said, said she was a Leo, yeah. but she's actually a Virgo. And no, she's like the I'm first going to day defend of Virgo. Her. I'm going to okay. defend her on this because oh, I thought okay. she said a Leo. There's Western astrology and there's Eastern astrology. Oh. And Eastern oh. astrology is apparently more accurate. And it's, ba- and it's it. usually because they, they base it on like the world turning and it's not like a stag, it's like not like a set oh. um, time. So it's like, if your birthday's this year, this, it varies. But usually if you're doing a calculation, it's two weeks, around two weeks before. So you like go back two weeks. So I'm on the cusp. Oh. She's on the cusp of, of Virgo Leo. So technically she's a Leo. Technically, I am an Aries, which is why I've never had a tattoo of my astrology sign, because it depends (laughs) what you do. So I'm on the cusp from April 21st. But technically, according to Eastern astrology, I am an Aries. So Kyle, I'm here to correct you that if you really are into astrology, most people follow Eastern. And so Diana is a Leo. And that's why Diana kept being like, um, I've had this professionally done, sweetie. Like, I know right. what I am. And Kyle, much like me, went to Google and was like, this lady's wrong. <laughs> exactly. And she read the back of whatever pop culture magazine she was looking at and said, oh, yeah. my birthday fits between these months. No, real people who are into this practice Eastern astrology. So Diana's right. That makes Which so much her sense. So when I saw okay. that part, I was like, this she gives she has so much credibility <laughs> in my book. The fact that she look at that. us all relating to Diana. Who are we? That is funny. Yeah. It wow. wasn't the fast food. It was not the roadie. It was not the snacks. It's the astrology. It it's the, the bedding. It's the comfort of the of the La Quinta. <laughs> okay, so we've oh reached gosh. the moment we've all been waiting for. Kyle's store opening. Kyle by Ashita. No, Shahida. Shahida by Kyle by Aileen, too. <laughs> you could call yeah. it. <laughs> Kyle by Ashida by Aileen 2.0 times 4 to the square root power of Kyle. I'm dead. Oh my God. It's the grand opening in none other than Palm Desert. And then all that us- pomp and circumstance. And it's just pajamas. It's just pajamas. It's just, paja- it's <laughs> right. just pajamas. And mind y'all, it gets hot in the desert. So you're really not wearing all of that. You know what I mean? That's a great but point. That's a great point. To make things even better, Telly- Teddy Mellencamp is there um, for two seconds. We we don't see her at all. She does not make a splash. Two seconds too many. Two seconds too many. And why do we see her? It's not because she's there. For a second, people might be like, oh my gosh, is Teddy coming back? No, she's there to do a job, y'all, for extra. She's technically my coworker. Okay. Special she is. She is. Tread lightly, Rachel. <laughs> special, special correspondent, Teddy Mellicamp. Um, Okay, so 
what's funny is I love Diana's confusion, right? She's always confused because everything seems to be beneath her, right? As if she forgets that she said last episode that she's nouveau riche, meaning your money came to you fast. So it wasn't that long ago that you were poor. Her words, not mine. Her words, not mine. I guess, like, to defend her a little bit, what she means is that she just, like, skipped a bunch of steps. So she went from, like, having no money and, like, not being able to buy clothes at all to being able to have clothes hand-delivered to her house. So she just kind of missed that step where sometimes you go to a store. Sometimes you go to a Kyle by Aileen, too, and pick up a pair of fancy pajamas. (laughs) (laughs) Listen, she didn't forget. You, that was her foundation. That is like, is it is it hard to realize, Diana, that people buy clothes in stores? Diana, have you not driven past? Have you not walked down Rodeo Drive? Have you not passed a clothing store? It's not that far. Like, it's, it's a little too much. I just don't want to see her keep doing stuff like it this. It is. You think she's putting it on? A little bit. It, yes, yes. Do you think she believes... Uh, she doesn't know what an outlet is because she's like, what is outlet? <laughs> like, <laughs> maybe, maybe that. Maybe she doesn't know an outlet. That one I'll give her. I'll give her that. But but you think she's heard of a store before? She's heard of that a that store. That has crossed her path. She's heard of a grand opening. I guess what she meant was, I'm confused at what Kyle by... Shahida is. That's really. I want everyone to take a moment, close your eyes, and imagine explaining Kyle by Aileen to to Diana. (laughs) She would just explode. She would self combust. She couldn't imagine. I think what it is for me is I don't know you that well, but you seem to be very clumsy with your words. That's what she would say about Kyle. Oh my God. As we see her say later, we'll get to that in the episode. Okay, Kyle struggles to cut the ribbon of her grand opening, which we all know is an omen. I mean, come on. We've we've been here before. (laughs) We've been here before. Um, So what I do love, and this sets the stage for the next part when they do go back to La Quinta, is that, Listen, Sutton's going to say something that is off the wall, that is insensitive. But I feel like at the end of the day, and it may take her time, it may take her a whole season, it may take her a year, but eventually she'll get there. And this time she got there a lot quicker than normal. And I love that she pulled <laughs> Dorit to the side and apologized, which seemed very sincere, which Dorit seemed to accept. Yes, And she explained, which to me, and I'm curious as your opinions, to your opinions, made all the sense in the world as to why she made such insensitive comments, not once, but twice, maybe even a third time. Um, what, what was your take on that? Did you feel that her apology was sincere? Did you believe her? Did it make sense to you? I, Go ahead, Amelia. Oh, no. I Yeah, I did. I, I have in my little notes, I was like, this seems like a very sincere apology. And I totally get it. She, you know, has a history with uh, what was discussed. And, uh, you know, I mean, yeah, I, to me, I, I totally get she was triggered. And, you know, and, and again, like she said, she gets awkward with these things. And it's like, you know what? I, I wasn't there, but I, I can... Uh, empathize with that for sure. Yeah. Uh, you know, I am I am a millennial like Crystal. So maybe I'll just offer a c- quick warning to say that like in dealing with the Sutton and Dorit conversation, we may discuss 
death by suicide and also gun violence. So if those are things that make you uncomfortable or are difficult for you, please feel free to skip ahead a few seconds. Um, But that is kind of what Sutton, she tells Kyle that in the previous conversation, Kyle does not really take it on. And so she tells Sutton in person at this store opening that her, you know, she has trouble even hearing about guns because her father killed himself with a gun. And that is very difficult for her. In her adolescence, she also had a break-in. And so she recognizes that she has an awkward response to hearing about Sutton. Like, she she does acknowledge that. And I think it's so interesting that Sutton actually is self-aware enough to know that when she's uncomfortable, she's awkward and often inappropriate. Like, that she says that. And we have observed that multiple times. That, like... So that she knows that, but kind of has no control over it, is really interesting. And it does put her in this situation, a pattern that Erica later points out, not quite as generously, that she's often saying the wrong thing and having to apologize for it. And I think you're right, Rachel. Like, I think we've recognized growth in this season where she's coming much quicker with the apologies. She seems much more sincere. And while I am a Sutton fan, I find her fascinating to watch. I can also recognize that that would be a frustrating friend to have. Like, it would be frustrating to constantly be dealing someone with someone who's saying the wrong thing and then having to apologize for it. But I also, like, find it really interesting in A Housewife. Yeah, but it's also great TV. So right, honestly, TV. Sutton, yeah, you're renewed That's what for I another said last five week or, or at some point, like you just don't often get a socially awkward housewife. And like, it almost doesn't come more socially awkward than Sutton. Absolutely. I So well said. And so if you are new to Real Housewives, the franchise, you probably thought that things would have ended at Kyle by Shahida with the apology, right? Because in real because life, Dorit that is how it. things, yes. Right. And they they hug right. it out. It's sincere. And it all seems sincere. Things, that's how yep. things happen in the real world, but not in the Real Housewives franchise. <laughs> we still have episodes to go on this subject matter. And that's why the show is what it is. So we get back to La Quinta and we think, oh, we're just going to have a fun girls night. And we're going to celebrate this grand opening. So a little tuna tartare and oh, steak. Tuna tartare. <laughs> yeah, that looks so good. Lovely estate that, you know, Kyle happened, that Kyle owns. But as we know about that living room, it always goes down in Kyle's that living, living room. room. Is the new Bluestone Manor? It's it haunted. Laquita <laughs> is Bluestone Manor. Yes, that is Laquita is uh, the Bluestone. <laughs> that's, that, that's so great. That's so great. You're about to do an SAT comparison I was. question. I was, and then I got lost in it as I did on the real SATs. Okay, so um, the sudden drama continues. We see. The fact that Garcelle, doing what Garcelle does best, is like, hey, all y'all had something to say about Sutton behind her back. I know Sutton's apologized to Dorit and they've moved on, but we got to rehash this because you guys were talking about my girl behind her back and I want you to say what you were saying behind her back to her face. So let's go. And so it all gets rehashed all over again where Sutton is trying to explain her insensitivity and then Erica does her little bit where she's like, oh, really? Really? <laughs> I, I can't, I, I like Erica Jane, but I don't like what she has become uh, this season so far. Mm, um, but Sutton that's, brings out the worst in her. Yeah. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, to she Sutton's does. credit, that, she won't back down this season from Erica. Right. She just, she'll, 
She doesn't care. She doesn't care. And Erica wants her to care so bad. So bad. And probably one of my favorite parts is Erica's like, really? Is that what we're going to do? And Garcelle goes, oh, here we go again. Garcelle is all of us. (laughs) Garcelle is all of us, right? It is. It's Um, like, Erica, we get it. Every time Sutton says something, you're going to bring up last season. Sutton is trying to move on. She and Crystal have moved on. She's trying. She has acknowledged her part in calling you a liar, but she's still going to say, like, this is what I believe, blah, 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 blah. Okay, so I'm so interested to hear because I found this this last 10 minutes of the episode to be extremely confusing as everyone is giving their opinions, as everyone is saying their feelings, as no one can understand one another. Um, Who wants to take on this? I'm sure both of you do, but just please, just go, go, because I'm at a loss of words. Listen, the Real Housewives are sports. And sometimes you have to roll the tape back and go back and watch the plays <laughs> and and where, where the play went wrong and how we lost it. And so it all starts with Diana and that line that you quoted earlier, which was so funny because... Sutton explains why she was triggered. She explains that she has apologized to Dorit for having an inappropriate response, but she explains why she had the response and that she does recognize that it was inappropriate and she feels bad, but she explains why she had it. Diana, almost seeming to come to her defense for a moment, is like... I really don't know that Sutton that well, but it feels like, and then she takes a lengthy pause and says, she's clumsy with her words and her behavior. You come off really weird and wrong. It was just so funny to me because I I really thought she was about to defend her and maybe in her own head she was. Like, I don't understand how Diana works. Um, But she says that and that kind of like pivots the conversation to whether Sutton was like wrong or not. And so Sutton, Sutton acknowledges all this stuff and that she She's apologized to Dorit. And then she says, but I, of course, have empathy for the situation. And Kyle starts going, you did not have empathy. You did not have empathy. And she won't take it. And you could just see Crystal starting to fume. Like, were oh, y'all noticing Crystal yes. getting going? Yes. Just in the corner by Garcelle, I think. And she was just like, Okay. Like, and she's uh, the thing about Crystal is I always buy it. Like, I buy her emotional responses because she's so good at explaining them. And that's kind of the thing about Crystal is she is speaking with an emotional fluency that these other women just don't have. It really (laughs) is like, like, she has been to a lot of therapy. She knows the words. And those words are like trigger points for Kyle. I think Kyle shows her ass a little bit when she's like, well, well, Crystal's a millennial. And it's like, Oh, like because Crystal is using words like trigger. She's using words like violated. So it all comes down to Kyle saying that Sutton doesn't have empathy. And then Crystal's like, that's so hypocritical. And she's basically like, I can't believe you're doing this again. This is what you did to me. You're not validating Sutton's feelings like you didn't validate my feelings when I said I felt violated by Sutton seeing her naked and then saying something to make her feel like it was weird that she was naked. And Crystal spent a lot of time explaining that, of course, that would not be everyone's response to someone returning a coat to someone's room unannounced, but it's Crystal's response because she has a lot of, like, historic issues with her body, with feeling violated because of a past eating disorder. So this is all really, like, complicated and emotional and dramatic. But here's where you have to go back and watch the tape. Here's where things go wrong. 
Kyle starts trying to force Crystal and push her into saying that Crystal is comparing what happened to her with Sutton dropping off that coat to what happened to Dorit with the burglary, which is not what Crystal's doing. Crystal's comparing Kyle's reaction to those things by invalidating the feelings to Kyle's reaction to Sutton, where she also invalidated her feelings. My final my final word on this sport is that I think the only place Crystal goes wrong is that really this is a fight against Kyle. Like, Kyle is the person who we see do this over and over. If someone doesn't respond to something exactly the way Kyle does, then yes. Kyle thinks it's wrong. She thinks it's inappropriate. She's going to tell the other person about it and she's going to make you apologize for it. Kyle always does this and I think she does it legitimately and she also does it as part of the show to create drama. And um, so I wish that Crystal would have mostly targeted this as Kyle, but because everyone invalidated her feeling of feeling violated last year, she kind of targets it at everyone. And so then that ends up like upsetting Dorit, who is already in a fragile place. It's like, I actually couldn't believe Rena didn't chime in more, but... How are we feeling? Did that um, break things down for you? <laughs> that Very was perfect. Much so. Very <laughs> much so. I was so obsessed with this scene. No, because I, I honestly, just think Crystal expressed herself so yeah. well. So then, to for her to feel so unheard, I understood why she wasn't upset. I did wish that she could have stuck around and just. But that I think that Kyle's fatal flaw, like her foundational sin, is that she's so impatient. She has to solve things right there. Like she is always trying to do that. And some things can't be solved around the coffee table that your dog just walked over to steal all the steak off the plates. Like some things you got to sleep on them. Like Crystal needed a little time. She didn't, she felt, you know, so I'm sure we'll I, be talking about it for episodes to come. <laughs> I will say that helped me. It like broke it down for me so clearly. I totally get it. I knew I was team Crystal, but I couldn't fully understand why. In that yeah. moment. So thank you for helping me figure that out. But what I did like, and I agree with Crystal and I understood is she said, my feelings are irrelevant to you. And I think mm -hmm. this goes deeper than just the fact that they're not understanding her. It's the divide in the group. And I think that's where also her sensitivity was coming out because you've got Crystal, Sutton, and Garcelle. And then you've got the Fab Four, whatever they call themselves. They have some type of name. And I bet I feel like they're clicky outside of the show together and they do things. And there's this sense of feeling very left out from some of the other ladies. And so I think that's why she's also like, you don't give a fuck about my feelings. You think I'm irrelevant because of how you probably act also off camera. So I feel like it was deeply rooted with Crystal. And I understood that emotion from her. Yeah. Yeah. That's a whole other layer. And we heard Garcelle say that last season, right? That like she didn't feel accepted by this these women. And they're totally. all like, why? Like we always include you. We always talk to you. Right. And she, it's a feeling. Like she can feel that yeah. they're not including her in the same way. And it's because they're playing by different rule books. We've got the old school rule book where we're producing behind the scenes. And we've got these new age girls who know words like trigger warning and violate and like have an emotional currency yeah. that the old, that not literally, older, but the older cast members don't. And I think there is this like very relatable thing to the older versions of the cast members who are like scared of the change. They're like scared that the power dynamic is about to shift. And so they're holding on even tighter to their old ways. And it's gonna be a blow up. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
I love it. I love it. Gosh, we are on episode three. Wow. <laughs> Side note, this reminds me of something. Caroline Stan- Stanberry told me that before Dubai, Lisa Renna was begging her to join Beverly Hills and she was considering it, as was Larsa Pippen begging her to do Miami. I'm giving I mean, us that nugget because I know like, Extra is never going to air that. So I'm giving us that <laughs> oh, great. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. Like, this is like this is like down in the dirt. Like these are the details that are not for like the general public. This is for morally corrupt. Yeah. Oh, I love that because yeah, Caroline Stanberry was a star and like that they canceled Ladies of London is, you know, one of one of like the great pains of my life. It, she needed to remain on television. And I guess Larsa and Rena knew that, you know, I was just noting last episode that it's so interesting like Rena has brought in the last like five cast members. Yes. She stays recruiting. She's got that like sorority mentality. She's going to find the new girl. Like it's so weird to think back that she brought in Sutton. Sutton was her like super rich friend that she brought in. Now she's brought in her super rich friend Diana and slowly turns them all she against in Denise, her. Yes. She brought in Denise. Which is crazy because knowing what she did to Denise you would think that these women wouldn't want to come on the show. Who brought Renna in, Kyle? Or Lisa Vanderpump? Oh, God. Eileen Davidson? (laughs) Who brought who in in that dynamic? (laughs) Oh, it might have been Eileen. R.I.P. Eileen. Not in real life, just in Housewives life. I I miss her (laughs) and her, like, like, denim purses. (laughs) I miss miss Eileen, too. Uh, Okay, well, what we won't miss is the next episode of Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, which there'll be more time to talk about Erica and Beverly Hills and impressions of the ladies next week. As always, this has been such a fun episode. We had our first interview. We recapped Beverly Hills. We got into Bravo of the Week. We told some tea. We had a history lesson. Ugh, you always get all the things on the Morally Corrupt show. Amelia, Jody, thank you so much for joining me at the dinner table. This was a dinner party for hell. Seriously, <laughs> this week. Um, and you guys, we'll have another amazing episode for you next week. We'll see you then. Bye. 